for the equaliser, and it's a beautifully sculpted score for Is won by our man Caroline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right seat. Our man for the equaliser, this is Kira Donnelly for point number 10. Hello and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. We're here for our first club preview show of the season and we're looking forward to all the games coming up this weekend. As always, this podcast is brought to you in association with McKeever Teamwork, proud suppliers of all Armagh GA merchandise. I'm delighted to be joined by Clon Moore's Rory Cunningham, who you know from a few of the podcasts last season. And as I say, we're going to look forward to all the games across the five divisions this weekend. There's games Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And we're going to start with Division 1A. So, Rory, there's four Division 1A games on this weekend. All the teams are in action. Two on Saturday night, Clevey take on Moor and the Harps take on Cross McGlend. And they're, they're, both games are at six o'clock. But we're going to concentrate on the two Sunday ones. I suppose the big one of the week is Clanarn against Mahare. And this one's going to be shown live on Armagh TV on Sunday at two o'clock. Uh, a repeat of last year's quarterfinal, Rory, and the year before the quarterfinal as well. And I suppose Clannaren getting one over Mahari last year, it sort of set them um, on their way to winning the championship. It was like their, their breakthrough win, I suppose, that this team had finally, you know, come of age and they were, they were ready to beat the big teams. Yeah, a, a huge result for them. And I think they took a lot of confidence from that result into the championship. It was really a clash of... Well, Clannaren really with a lot of young and up- upcoming players, bar maybe Ryan Henderson, Decky Latham still uh, going well, but uh, versus a very experienced Mahi team that expected to win. And, and you know, so it'll be an interesting repeat. Uh, I seen Mahi um, two weeks ago playing Green Moor. They're missing a lot, a lot of men. The the Lavries um, weren't playing, uh, only uh, obviously the county contingent weren't playing. Um, so a lot of injuries. Um, but I, what I had to say, I was actually quite impressed with Mahi's younger players on the day. Um, young Kevin Robinson stepped up, and even some of the more experienced players playing in different positions. Brian McElmurray was playing full back and had a great game against uh, Green Moore. So, um, and they had a good result again, uh, reasonable result for Mahi against Drummond T, given given how many men Mahi are missing and Drummond T are. Are the league champions, so uh, I think I think Mahi will have a little bit of revenge. First of all, in their minds, and um, they're aggressive, um, but I think Clannan will probably be the best team they've played this year. Um, but well, the Harps were strong, but um, Clannan obviously missing their county contingent, but Ren Henderson etc. going well, and um, despite a defeat against Cross, Clannan really looked to be. Um, really leaving where they left off last year and, and, you know, look to be contenders for the league. Yeah, and I suppose on Mahari, I've seen them as well. I've seen them not pushed around against the Harps. And as you say, it was very notice- noticeable. The the players they're missing, I think I maybe counted, you know, nine or ten players. You, you'd spoke about the Lavries, the county men. Uh, Staffy Cusick wasn't playing that day either. But they do they do have some talented players, on, no more so than Stefan Falker. Alexa Vashin, Kushnahan, you know, the, the experienced boys. But yeah. 
Um, I suppose Clan Iron have the experienced boys and have them younger boys. You know, Brian Mahan's back now. Jack Conlon's flying it. So Clan Iron's probably favourites going into this game and then home advantage as well will be big. Yeah, I would fancy Clan Iron now. Um, although it'll be interesting to see how the play against Mahi is playing a very defensive game, you know, um, and they had everyone behind the ball with maybe just Brian Fox up front, although Brian Fox went off with a niggle against Grinmore, so it'll be interesting to see if he's back because he's still with him and Stephen Forker in the forward line. They still have, you know, they still have a considerable bit of quality. But um, I, I don't expect this to be a classic. I don't expect this to be high scoring. I know how Murray's going to play. Um, Ashin Lappin was back playing, came back on against Grinmore, made a good difference. So they still have a bit of experience and steel in the back line. Ronan Lappin in the midfield. You know, still wins a huge amount of possession. You know, for them primary. So I think that uh, I think it'll be tight. Clannern maybe to nip it, but don't be surprised if Murray come away with a point of plenty of experience and they'll maybe have a little bit of revenge on their mind. And I suppose coming into these games, and maybe we should have started with this, Ray, but we're talking about teams missing men and you know the county men not being available. We don't know what the situation is at the minute. On you know the first games are Friday night, so we'll find out Friday whether the county men are back, but. The likes of Mahari and obviously Clannern as well would be well boosted by you know the couple of county men coming back in. Yeah, I think I think um a lot of teams in Armagh will be waiting just to see um what this week brings. Um, I suppose it's a fairly difficult situation for the county in that they're not sure Armagh aren't sure who they're playing in the back door. We're not sure whether they'll be out on the twenty first of May that weekend or the following weekend. So there's a bit of uncertainty around who will be available and who won't be available and whether even some of the um, players who aren't making the 26 may be released while others aren't. So um, I'm sure a lot of club managers are scratching their heads trying to uh, get a bit of information to see what their team selections will be this weekend. So make sure to tune in to Armagh TV and we'll, we'll see if there's any county men playing or not. Um, moving on to the other game on Sunday then in 1A with Drummond T and Madden. And I want to talk about Drummond T a wee bit, Rory, you had mentioned that they're the current league champions. They're down round, I think they're fifth or sixth in the table, but they're the only team in Division 1A unbeaten at the minute. They started their year with a draw against Kaleve and, as you mentioned, a draw against Mahari as well. So while they haven't got a win, they haven't been beaten either, so they're probably happy enough with how they've opened their campaign. Yeah, I'd say I'd say they're happy enough. Um, they, they, um, they're probably still shaking off a bit of disappointment from last year. Um, you know, the champ, after a fantastic league campaign and a... And a a, you know, a winning a winning return to the league after a few years. You know, um, you know, not competing at the top of one A. Um, I think they were disappointed. You know, that obviously the I think you were on Armagh TV maybe that night in Cross McGlen, a wet wet night, and Silverbridge nipped them in a in a in a fantastic game. So I think they'll be um they'll be out this year to really get back on track. I think whilst the league is obviously important to them, I think Drummond T maybe have wider ambitions upon making a, a bigger stamp on the senior championship. But they're playing um, one of the up-and-coming teams in Armagh. Um, I've seen Madden uh, last year, obviously. I've seen them this year. I'm very impressed. They're young. They're fast. Uh, uh, young Smith and uh, Sheridan and these guys, um, they have quality um, up front. And to be honest with you, I think that after a little bit of a shock um, to Clannern, in the first round, Madden will take massive confidence from going to Cleve and taking a result. And obviously, last week with beating the Harps, who, you know, was my early tip for the league, given that they have nobody with the Armagh senior panel this year. I thought the Harps would 
look looked strong. Um, I think that Madden here um have enough to go to drum tea and get a result. Um, and I think that Madden could be an outside bet for maybe a, a looking at a league title this year. I think. Um, I think I've been very impressed with them. I think Madden. You mentioned that that game that they won against Cleve. Going to Cleve is a very difficult place to go. Looking points, Madden went there and won. Drummondy's another seriously difficult place going to, to pick up a win on a Drummondy side that hasn't been beaten yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But there's a lot of confidence in, in Madden. There's a huge amount of depth there with you know the winning under nineteen team last year, and you know there's a lot of quality forwards in there that you know that and this is probably the best team Madden have had in in you know in a number of years. I can remember as a child Madden maybe being in a in a county final in '85, but this is their first time really back, you know, up up at that level. And I think that they have a team that can compete and they have the depth um, to maybe sustain, you know, in 1A and to give this league, you know, I think they're like a lot of teams that come up as well. You know, they have a bounce, you know, it's fresh for them every day. It's a big game. They haven't been till Drummond team maybe in a while. They, you know, they'll be looking forward to Cross McGlenn. They'll be looking forward to the Harps. So you can see that bounce in a team that's just up from 1B. And I think that, Madden will hey, ride the crest of the wave for another while. So that game is on Sunday at two o'clock as well. Um, we'll move on to Division 1B then, Ray, and I suppose that this could be nearly the tie of the weekend. It's Mullabon against Silverbridge, two teams that will have big ambitions of going and getting promotion from this division. And um, I had Tommy Coleman on a couple of weeks ago, and every time we talk about this, this division, we talk about the three relegation spots and how tight this division is going to be, but Mullabon and Silverbridge um, will be two teams that are hoping to push on and they'll not be worrying about relegation. They'll hope to push on and get the two spots at the top of the table. Yeah, I think you're right. Look, both teams targeting promotion, um, two, two quality sides, as I said, you know, um, and, and Silverbridge has shown that, you know, with some good championship wins over the last uh, number of years, only to be to run into the cross from a Glen, maybe juggernaut, maybe once or <laughs> once too often. But um, I think Bridge is in good form this year. Um, they really put um, Carr Krupp into the sword early on, um, who are fighting a return to senior football, uh, a difficult run. Um, now, Mullabon had beat them on their last visit with Silverbridge beating them in 2020. So, um, you know, there's not a lot between these teams. There wasn't a lot to call between them last year. Um, I think I fancy Mullabon at home. Um, they've, uh, they've been playing well this year. Um, and... Uh, they had a draw with Sarsfields the last day well, maybe when Silverbridge was beaten by Sarsfields so if that's anything to read into I just feel that maybe Mullabon have uh, have the edge here this week I think I'd agree with you that got um, the, the drew with um, Sarsfields but I know it was a last minute Paul McGeown goal that sort of saved Sarsfields and um, Mullabon are, they're putting up big scores they have some great forwards the likes of Shea Lai, Eddie English Owen McDonald up there um, they, they they seem to be in good form at the minute, and you know we're talking about Madden maybe rising up on, on a team to watch in that league. Certainly Mullabon, uh, you get the feeling this. I know it's early in the season, but you yeah. get the feeling that they're the team to watch in one B. Yeah, Kieran, I think it's Kieran Grant there at centre half four as well. Very influential for Mullabon and and pulls the strings. You know, with that Eddie English inside, you know they ha- they have a good forward line. You know, and went on song as you say. The, the, they, they can score so it'll be interesting to see how Silverbridge set up 
and counteract that. But look, um, now obviously the county men for Silverbridge, you know, Jolly Oak will be a, a obviously unlikely to play, and he's a huge, huge asset for them. So I, I fancy Mullabon for this one, just with that forward quality. I think I agree with you, especially as you said at home. Um, I'm going to go with Mullabon with that one as well. Um, that game's Friday night at throw-in time of seven o'clock, and on Sunday there's two games coming up: Collyhanna host the Grange at two o'clock, and also Pierce Oaks and Sarsfields. And Sarsfields, the obvious um, favourites heading into this one, really, um, given the fact that the Oaks got such a, a had a bad result the first day out, getting beat by Clans three nineteen to eight points. But I suppose what makes this interesting is Brendan Hughes, the Sarsfields manager, and also the Armagh. Minor manager um, is an ex Pierce Oaks manager, so he's going going back home um, to the team he used to be over. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really interesting um, situation for Sarsfields. Um, as I know, Brenton really only came into the Sarsfields setup a couple of weeks out from the league. I, I was quite surprised when I heard that Sarsfields were looking to manager a couple of weeks out of the league, but they've really took a bounce and. Um, I was surprised with the result against Silverbridge. I know Sarsfields are a quality side. We've seen them last year and, you know, in the league, they were the standout team in intermediate all year. There was there was no doubt about that and they'll, they'll probably still be sick over the championship. I think last year we discussed their poor record in the athletic rounds in the championship, which still, which come back to haunt them again last year. But no, Sarsfields are a quality side. Pierce Oaks, um, really seem to be struggling. I know a lot of experienced players have either not returned at the moment or are still out injured. Uh, I think the two Duffies are injured and uh, I think the Freemans haven't come back either. So um, I think for Pierce Oaks, it's going to be a tough a tough couple of weeks maybe and maybe a couple of months. Um, and look, they probably look the early favourites with three teams going down, you know. Um, they're going to need to start pulling themselves together quick and I don't see... It's, I think it's going to be a difficult um, journey for them. I think Sarsfields will actually do quite well in 1B this year. They have quite a talented forward line. They have a lot of depth um, at underage. Our, our own lads played them a couple of times last year and they have some quality coming through as well. So I feel that Sarsfields are a team that feel that they'll be able to compete well in 1B and this is where they belong. And I think they'll be much too strong for Pierce Oaks in, in the current guys anyway. I think Sarsfields You've played them last year in the championship, Rory, and they probably wore a step above intermediate. Now, I know the athletic grounds who do all went against them and the, they won't be happy with how they performed in the that's the championship semi-final, but they did show throughout the league that this is where they want to be, this is where they deserve to be. And as you say, they're, they're going to be putting it up to anybody in this league. Like they, they have a lot of experienced players that have experience in playing the senior championship, beating big teams, uh, like... How many times have Sarsfields beat Cross McGlynn in the last, you know, 10 or 12 years? So Yeah, well, with they have the, all that experience. the the Stevensons and even Thomas McAlinton and a couple of the young lads, they have a quality forward line. They have a good bit of experience um, in defence as well. And, and we, uh, we we definitely seen that. They were, in my opinion, the best team we played last year. There was no doubt about that. But unfortunately, championships aren't about the best team over... Uh, 16 games are about the best team in the day and um, unfortunately for Sarsfields they just didn't perform on, on that day and it's caught them twice but I, as I said I do expect them to stay in 1B and don't don't be surprised if they pull off a shock somewhere in the in the senior championship as well <laughs> most, most likely no one Sarsfields <laughs> they'll do something yeah. um, down to 2A then Rory 
we have two contrasting games here that we're going to discuss. There's only two um, Division 2A games on this weekend. They're both on Sunday at 2 o'clock. And we're going to start with um, Onokmore and White Cross. And this is a bottom-of-the-table clash. Onokmore have yet to pick up any points. White Cross are on one after the jury with Wolf Tones, who are also on one. Um, it, it's early in the season. We're only you know three or four rounds in. Is, is this already got a must-win feel to it, do you feel? Well, uh... I would say it's very early to say that with with um, 12, 12 or 13 league games to go, you know, but uh, I think for on of more, they've been on a slide. They they lost, you know, they didn't win a game last year in um, Division 1B. They had a couple of near misses and uh, they've been pipped, you know, reasonably tightly twice already this year. I was at their game v St. Paul's on uh, Monday night there and um, only for... Uh, uh, a mistake by the goalkeeper, which gives some pause the late goal. And if more, we're probably, you know, looking like favourites to win that game. So I feel that a win's coming for Anif more, but they would like it to come sooner rather than later to stop that slide. Um, White Cross have been struggling probably for a while now as well. You know, White Cross had actually quite a good 2020 in the first half of that league, but in 2021 really struggled and only for the good results of 2020 may have, may have been may have been relegated, you know, uh, on their on their 2021 form. So White Cross has been struggling for a while um, and, some, and some tough results. They've already shipped a big score to Shane O'Neill's already this year. Um, although they had a draw against St. Paul's. So, look, the, the, the one thing about White Cross is there's plenty of fight in that squad. We've seen last year even Bally Hagen in the championship when Bally Hagen haven't beat them the year before. You know, White Cross really came back and, and showed their quality. Um, but... Ashin McKeever is back for Anif Moore, um, a quality, quality player back, a good friend of mine, Ashin, um, and uh, back from Shanghai doing a bit of teaching. He, he was the, probably the best player on the pitch on Monday night. Um, and he really offers Anif Moore an outlet. Now, there's still a few injuries. Connor Cullen looks to be struggling for Anif Moore. Connor McCann's not playing. But I, I feel that I think this is the, the game that will get Anif Moore back up and running. Um, I can see a result coming. There's a great hunger within that squad. Um, they have a few experienced heads coming back. I see John McCormick's back training. I've seen Mickey McQuaid, uh, Michael McQuaid back on um, for the second half last night. So those guys are getting fitter every week. And I just feel that uh, this might be the one that Anif could get Anif Moore up and running in 2022. Yeah, it's, it's it's a difficult one, and I suppose Alan Moore, we praise them so much. Um, you know, they stayed in the senior in the senior league for seven or eight years there. Um, now they're down. They'll they'll not want to accept that they're down. You know, they'll, they'll not want to just be happy that they're down. They're going to want to push on again. And as you say, having the likes of a, an Ashin McKeever there, who you know would get on a lot of senior teams, senior club teams, it's it's a big boost for them. And White Cross, I suppose, um, they just survived last year in the league and they're probably one of the favourites at the minute um, to, to go down so this is while it's maybe not a must win at the minute it, it's an important two points for whoever gets it yeah definitely definitely and I was just I think St Paul's are struggling at the moment for injuries too you know and I think on uh, more White Cross St Paul's are those are, and St Paul's just avoided relegation last year as well so I suppose those are the three teams that are that are already looking over their shoulders. 
um, and they'd want to get some points on the board in the first couple of weeks. Um, you know, because there are some strong teams. We're going to talk about St. Peter's and Shane O'Neill's and, you know, there'll be a lot, uh, there's tough games to go in, in Division 2A. So, run off more White Cross. This is really where they want to get up properly and run. And we'll move on to St. Peter's and Shane O'Neill's then. And two favourites for promotion, two teams at the, the top of the table and we're, we're switching our conversation now. Instead of the bottom <laughs> of the table, we're looking at the top. And you, you, you sort of touched on there when talking about White Cross, Shane O'Neill's put 5-11 past them and that, like that's an incredible score to hit I think that was their first game so um this one's this one's hard to call it's a long journey for Shane O'Neill's to go to Lurgan um on Sunday and it's it's going to be tough to call this one yeah yeah so, St Peter's uh you know uh just again down down from seniors but have really you know stopped the slide early um with two two strong wins and particularly a big derby with the tones would have been a nice way to start and uh, I've played the Tones a couple of times over the year. They're a very difficult team to play against. They're very strong. Um, and our good friend Peter Nugent has them in, in, in good condition. Um, so they've had a good tight win. And again, another tight win over Tully Sarn, who, as you know, we know over this last year, has been one of the stronger teams in 2A, you know, and one of our, our favourites for the Intermediate Championship over the last couple of years. They've just been unlucky and pipped in a few semi finals here and there. So St. Peter's have started well. You know, but Shane O'Neill's have, have quality at this division. I think we sit at this time every year and tip Shane O'Neill's for the, the championship, you know. Um, but they've started really well, uh, you know, and without their really sizable county contingent now, you know, Shane O'Neill's uh, um, have obviously improved their, their squad quality. Um, but I just feel while St. Peter's aren't scoring highly, they're not, they're conceding very, very low scores. And I think uh, I don't think Shane O'Neill's will score five eleven um, this week. I know St. Peter's are strong at the back; they're aggressive, um, and it's a tough pitch to play in St. Peter's. It's a tight pitch, um, and uh, actually a, a pitch that I enjoy playing. And so I feel that I just feel St. Peter's may have an edge here, um, and the, they're tight at the back, and I think that's going to uh, stand to them. Coming up against a, a formidable Shane O'Neill's team, but again missing some high quality with their county players. Um, although Niall McConville, it'll be interesting to see his availability. Um, I know he's back in the RMR squad, but we haven't seen him feature much yet this year. So whether he'll be released to play could be a big factor um, on, on this game. I think, Rory, I have to admit now, I haven't seen these two teams in action. and just basing it purely off, you know, a couple of their scores. Probably going to see contrast in styles. I'm guessing that Shane O'Neill's like to attack on that. St. Peter's like to defend, so it's it's going to be who blink first maybe on Sunday? Yeah, well, look, you know, we've seen over the years, um, um, Shane O'Neill's, I, I know, even without their county men, they've still some quality forwards, some of the McCabe brothers uh, and Paul O'Rourke, you know, qual- quality players up there. So it, it will be two contrasting um, styles, but um, I, I just fancy St. Peter's to play a hard edge of football um, with... Uh, our old, uh, our old friend in the middle of the field, Aaron Finton, you know, they're, they're strong around the middle. Um, so I feel, yeah, these are two teams that will be looking at promotion um, and St. Peter's will be looking to bounce right, right back to 1B. I think I'll just mix it up a wee bit, Ray, and I'll tip Shane O'Neill's just, just <laughs> to be awkward. Um, but we'll move on to Division 2B, Ray, and this is the one that Clonmore are competing in. So um, you, you've obviously uh, a lot of knowledge on these two teams, uh, on these few teams, sorry. Um, so on Friday night, Fork Hill meet Tiernog at 7.15. And Tiernog have started really well, where you, you played them, I think, in the first game. 
while Fork Hill again missing their, their heavy county contingent on a few injuries and that. So again, um, it's hard to judge these two teams on form, but Tierno probably the favourites heading into it. Yeah, Tierno, um, we've played them and uh, um, I would be uh, friendly with a few of their management, uh, Brian Mullen, etc. Tierno uh, are, you know, again, another team like Anna Moore that, you know, were on the slide um, and had a difficult a difficult 2021 um, and are glad and they beat us in the first game and you could see the, the joy in the players they hadn't won a game in a year you know what I mean and, and they were just delighted to get back um, on form they um, have some quality players Tom Weir um, Oren Parr come on against us so Oren Parr's availability will be a big factor in their results um, he has been away so they have some quality players there um, up front um, Jimmy McAleenan still there going well but um, Forkill, I, I feel that from what I know, Forkill are missing quite a lot of regulars. I've seen Cormac Toner there, but um, I see they're missing a few. I would have expected Forkill to have beaten College Land, but it was an excellent result for um, College Land. I know College Land are missing quite a few regulars too. So I feel that Forkill are potentially struggling at the moment. Obviously, the loss of the two county players and Paddy Burns, I believe, is transferred to Burn now that he's 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 um he's down there, so that'll be a massive blow to Forkill. Um, and they would be uh, Forkill maybe just wouldn't have the same depth as some of the bigger uh, clubs. So without the county players, it's a massive massive loss to them. I would fancy Tiernog to get a win there. Tiernog had a great win over Kiri and um, putting up seventeen scores last week, and I would expect them to uh, kick on and uh, get another two points on the board. Um, Tiernog probably along with Colleville, are looking like maybe one of our early favourites for promotion in 2B. I suppose on, on that one, on the Friday night game, um, we're going to look at two maybe golden oldies. We spoke a couple of weeks ago about Barry Shannon, still lining out, still um, going for the cause for Farkill. Um, Paul Kjarville still kicking freeze for Tiernog as well. Yeah, Paul Kjarville, um has been injured recently, but yes, back in for Tiernog And look, his experience, I think, uh, in the Katy game was invaluable. And it's good to see, look... Uh, it's hard to replace quality, you know, and Paul Carvel ha- ha- has quality, and same as Bryce Shannon, and those players um, are still vital to their vital to their clubs. So I'm getting close to that age myself. So uh, <laughs> I was I, I enjoy to see players still still striving on and surviving in their in their in their mid thirties. Class permanent as always, right? Um, not, maybe not with regards <laughs> to me, but to Paul Carvel and, and Bryce Shannon, yes, definitely. We'll move on to the Sunday's games then. Um, I suppose the first one we want to touch on is Colleville and Cross McLean. Two teams unbeaten, and um, we're going to speak about Blake and College Land as well. Both teams unbeaten, although College Land have only played once. But Colleville and Cross McLean, perhaps a bit of an edge to this game. There's maybe a bit of a rivalry there, um, a, a local derby. Colleville, obviously, you know, impressed us last year, going all the way to the intermediate championship, uh, championship final while Cross McLean. They went to the junior championship final and got promoted through the league. So um, you've played Cross McLean, Rory, and um, we've seen Colleville. We know the, the quality they have and obviously the availability of Nile Rowland is still up in the air. But uh, how, how have Cross McLean developed from last year and how are they getting on in, in intermediate football? Well, they've settled very, very well with, you know, two wins from two Uh we, we were disappointed on Friday night. Uh, we, we were four up at half time and le- probably we feel that we left the game behind us, but Cross play a good, aggressive brand of football they, uh, and we're very, very solid at the back. 
um, and we're able to bring on some quality subs and youth as well. You know that uh, the strength and depth of Cross McGlynn is alive and well. You know what I mean, fielding across two teams, and uh, um, Paul McKeown came on again um, at corner forward and, and made a difference to the game in the second half when the game really slipped away from Clonmore. You know, um, Colville. Um, look to be the form team of the year and as I would say you know look to be the early favourites for going up um, they beat Porter down uh, in a good game in Colleville without um, Garvey and Hatzer uh, playing um, I believe Collie Waters was, was very very strong scoring I think it was 1-6 um, so they, they have a bit of quality as we know uh, and from a Porsche Porter they kick the ball and move the ball um, very very well and direct into you know they're scoring forwards they're playing with three up up front and um you know they're an aggressive team they will give you chances because of the way they play they kick the ball there will be turnovers but they're putting up big scores um because they move the ball early and as we've seen against um Sarsfields last year when it clicks it's in a very attractive and effective brand of football that they play I think Cross are really looking forward to this one. I was speaking to a few Cross men actually today and the, this is a massive derby for them and uh, the lads are looking forward to it. I expect Cross to make this tight, but I think that just the quality that Colleville have up front, I think Colleville um, will continue, continue their win, winning ways, but it'll be tighter than maybe some people expect. And moving on then, Ray, with um, Blake and College London, as I mentioned, they're both unbeaten as well. Um, you said about College Land beating Fork Hill last week. Obviously, a very tight game. There's only one point in it, 15 points to 14. And Blake, obviously, junior champions have really pushed on this year and have, have started brilliantly in, in intermediate. Yeah, and uh, probably probably like um, Madden above, you know, you know, with the promotional bounce and the championship win, you know, Blake have really come up, you know, and let and really. Uh, taken from where they left off last year and uh, had really two really strong results. You know, a result against Kerry, you know, was a, was a big result for them and a statement. You know, Kerry's been a solid intermediate team for the past five or six years, so it was a great result for them. Uh, College Land are struggling with availability for players and I think it was a, a massive win for them and they really put their backs to the wall uh, last week to beat Fork Hill. So they'll take good confidence from that and the quality players to come back. Um, for Kazan, I think Shane Donnelly and a couple of players are coming back, and they still have some old hands. Some of the McGeary's are all playing. I've seen a Brand McGeary. Uh, you talk about Paul Carvin, these guys in their in their mid thirties. Brand McGeary's in his mid forties and still playing well. So you know, um, we have some great servants and and uh, in, in College Land and the McGeary brothers are are, are without doubt that. Um, I think uh, this this will be a difficult one for College Land. Belix is a Notoriously difficult pitch to play on, a difficult um, place to go. Um, so, although something tells me Belik's pitch might be closed, I wonder where this game is actually being played. I must, I must check that. But I feel that um, Belik's Belik's is strong um, with Drew McVeary and uh, a couple of the forwards there. I think that Belik's have have the quality to to make a mark in this division. And uh, the, at the moment, Belik's is looking further up rather than behind them which is a is a good sign for a team just up from junior I think just just as you say that has rang a bell in the head I think their first game was it played in Collihanna um, so I'm not sure about the availability yeah. of the pitch but I think for our sorry Belik are the favourites 
um, heading into that one. And finally, there's one more game um, in Division 2B to discuss. It's Katie and Ballyhagen. And no points between these two teams. It's been a, a poor start for both teams. And I know um, Ballyhagen have been hit with availability, a few retirements, a few injuries. And Katie, um, and, and I'm not sure I haven't seen Katie yet playing this year, but they were probably one of the favourites at the start of the year. I think they finished third in the table last year. So a disappointing start for, for Katie to this league. Yeah, I think Roland Clark, I believe, is in with Katie this year and he'll be disappointed with the start. Now, um, from reports on the, the 10-0 game, they played some really good football and, and we know Katie do play a good attacking brand of football. Um uh, with Connor, Connor King, I believe, playing well in the middle of the field. Looked at some quality players. The two Corvin brothers, James King, um, Owen Fullerton was just coming back. He only came on as a sub. So I think Katie will get stronger as the year goes on. Um, but it, it, there's no doubt it'll be a disappointing start for them. Katie would have been targeting promotion um, at the start of this year. As I said, uh, they ran Wolf Tones extremely close in the championship last year, only to be beat late, late on. And... Um, Played very well against Clannagale the year before, so you know who were the champions. So Katie have good pedigree at this grade, um, and I'll expect them to improve as the as the year goes on. But they'll be concerned about the form at the moment. Um, Ballyhagen, um, local rivals of ours, and and they are struggling with player availability at the moment. Um, uh, Joe Feeney's in with Ballyhagen. Joe Feeney's a great coach, uh, and the, the, he will you know over time he will improve that squad. But they have lost a lot of quality players, and it's going to take a bit of work. Um, Peter McGrain's availability for them is uh, an issue. Um, he's an excellent young player and has a, a bright, bright future ahead of him. Um, so he has, um, but he, he will be a miss for them. Colin McKeever doesn't seem to be playing uh, the two Courtney's. Uh, Mel has retired. Mel, a great servant, as we talk about her aging servants. Mel was a great servant, and um, Paul Courtney has, I believe, transferred to Trillick. So, look, you know, the, the, those are a lot of quality, quality players that Ballyhagen are missing. And I think it seems to be a rebuilding at the moment. Um, and just there's going to be a bit of work for Ballyhagen. So I fancy possibly Katie to get off the mark and get their first two points this week. I think Katie are, are the favourites. And again, home advantage goes to them um, as well. Division three then, right? There's four games. And we're going to start with Friday night one. It's Darcy and Mullerbrack. This is a seven o'clock throw in. Um, two teams, I suppose Darcy to, to start with were hugely impressive last year in the championship. Got to the, the junior semi final, put Balik to the, the edge of uh, to the, the pin of their collars, really. It was exciting stuff. And we all remember Connor Moley's um, performance in the middle of the field. But the, uh, despite getting a good start to the league, the big Katie, or sorry, Cleve in the first round, it hasn't been going well for them, really. And Mullabrack, they, they got off the mark last week um, with, with a good win over Clevey. So I suppose these two teams, it's they're beside each other in the league. And just looking back at last year, they played, um, I think it was last May, so almost exactly a year ago. And the Drew won seven apiece. So we expect a tight game here. And um, I suppose Mullabrack, they've been building for a couple of years after they reformed and, and got their club back together. So they'll be targeting a, a second win on their own. Yeah, and look, the, in fairness, though, there looks to be some green sheet, sheet, uh, shoots of improvement in Mullerbrack. Um, you know, it's a very difficult thing to come from, you know, to start from scratch and to come from nothing, you know, and 
they have they've had great lads who've pulled on the jersey and played with pride and now they're starting to see some of the fruits of their hard labor you know uh, it takes more than just you know a couple of months to to pull together a senior team to compete with some you know there are some very good teams and very strong down east and Oog and middletown and junior this year are very strong teams but i feel that there's uh, green sheets of recovery as i said in mullabrack and i actually feel that i'm that, that um they're going they're going better than Dorsey. I believe Dorsey um, are struggling. I don't think Conor Moley was playing. Um, I was talking to some of the Middletown guys and they said that um, Dorsey were missing a lot of their, their, their quality players that they've had. Um, I played Dorsey in, in Intermediate a couple of years back You know, with some very strong players. So it seems to be a rebuilding phase for Dorsey. I haven't seen them playing this year, but I'm going to tip Muller-Brack here, even though it's away. And um, Dorsey's actually a great pitch to play on. <laughs> it's one of the, it's a great wide pitch, plenty of room to run. So one of those pitches I actually enjoyed playing on. So I'm going to tip Muller-Brack here. I just think that um, they've had a good bounce and a good win already this year. Um, and and they're, they're going places. They're going to make a good run in junior this year. Well, as I said, that, that game's Friday night. So keep an eye out on that. There, there could be a shock in, in that game. Um, on Sunday then, with Clevey taking on Newtown, with Claudia and O'Hanlon's, and the game we're going to discuss, it's um, Arogan the Summon. And I suppose from the, the start of the season, Arogan three games in, three wins from three outings. They look the, the early favourites and they look the team to beat so far, Ray. Yeah, yeah. Look, Arogan have, have some quality. I believe Daniel Ryan is back playing, and Daniel Ryan would be, you know, an excellent player, would have been in around the fringes of the county panel. At a time as well, um, so look, an excellent player, Arog, um, you know, have been pushing to get out of the junior for the last year or two, and I feel that this could be the year that the, the that they will. Um, but it'll be it, juniors a very difficult league to get out of. You have to win the championship or win the league, you know. So you have to have an excellent season either way to come out of it. So, but I feel that Arog, uh, um, will will look at this year. That'll be themselves. Drain East, Middletown have started quite strong. But that's not to look right off the summon. The summon is the toughest pitch to play in an RMA. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It, it is tight. Um, they are very difficult to pl- play out there. And he pl- they play a good brand of football that suits that pitch. They had an excellent result drawn with Middletown in the first day of the league. And I think Middletown uh, took a welcome to junior down to the summon. And, and the summon play with great pride down there. So I think this will be the game of the week. Um and don't be surprised if someone, you know, make this very, very competitive. I expect Oroge to win here at home. Craigavon, again, a tough place to go. Um, and Oroge are difficult to beat there. I've been hammered there many times <laughs> in my career. We've only won once there in, in 48 years, believe it or not, in Clonmore. We won two years ago. It was our first time in, in, in almost 50 years. So I can tell you it's a tough place to go. But I think with Daniel Ryan and a couple of qualities, um, I believe Paul Craney still running about there. Um, so, and a couple of those quality players, um, Aro can get over the line. So keep an eye out for all those results coming up, as I said, games across Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And as usual, the sideline I will be updating um, everybody with coverage from all the club games, whether it be results, previews, results on match reports. And of course, we'll be back next uh, Monday or Tuesday with our review show and we'll have another special guest on to discuss all the games from the weekend. Very brilliant to hear your thoughts and thanks for giving your time on talking to us about this this week's games. Thanks, Sean. A pleasure as always.
Hanley Armagh, Caroline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right team. Equalizer, this is Kira Donnelly for point number 10.